0: The indescribable gift. We've been in a, a series called the indescribable gift and and well, This was birthed out of 2nd Corinthians 9 verse 15 2nd Corinthians 9 verse 15. This is paul writing thanks be to god for his indescribable gift And we've played off the indescribable gift just a tad and and we've looked at If you could think in your mind the most unbelievable amazing Indescribable gift that someone could give you. What would it be? Don't say it out loud but just think about that for a second a gift, you know, like a Maserati. That'd be a cool gift, wouldn't it? Or maybe uh, we, we, we played off of surfing a little bit if you like to surf and somebody called you and said, I got a plane and I got all the money in the world and I'm gonna take you to every great surf destination in the world. And your boss said, you don't have to be back at work until you're done surfing, which is never. <laughs> or maybe fishing or whatever, shopping. My wife would be like this LA, Paris, uh, New York. Yeah, unlimited. But but in our own right, at some point, we would be able to describe that, wouldn't we? We would find a way to put that gift into human language, therefore describing that gift. We would take pictures of it, right? Because we take pictures of everything now, correct? I mean, you have, you have to take pictures of everything you do now. And then you have to post them to tell everybody else what you're actually doing. It's so stupid. You ever seen those posts? Spending family spending quality time with my family? No, you're not. You're talking about it. But you're, anyway, but, but we, we, we could describe that. This is Paul, who wrote almost two thirds of the New Testament. Paul, who was chosen at a very early age to study religion. Paul, who was met on the road by Jesus. Paul, who is totally changed. Paul, who is planting churches. Paul, who is very intellectual. Paul, whose IQ in that day would have been very high. He had no lack of vocabulary. Yet, when Paul gets to the place where he tries to describe the love and the grace and the mercy that's found in the person of Jesus Christ through the gift of God, he uses this word, indescribable. Can't describe it. He, he can't formulate a word or words to wrap what he's truly feeling inside of him and, and his comprehension of God's grace, love, and mercy that's found in Jesus. If anyone at this point that was walking the face of the earth could have put into words this idea of love and grace and mercy, it would be Paul. It would have been Paul. Yet, it's such an overwhelming concept to Paul. He just says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah says in the book of Isaiah 9, 6, we looked at this last week. We're going to wind up at peace today, but let's read this for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given and the government will be up on his shoulder and his name will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. And so today, if you will go with me, we're going to kind of build a platform and we're going to wind up at peace. Peace is an interesting concept, isn't it? Hey, most people in the world that we live in, we strive for peace. We all want peace. Isn't it nice when you get home from work maybe and you walk in the house and everything's put where it's supposed to go, especially if you have kids. If you have kids and that happens, you think something's wrong immediately, right? Must be report card day. <laughs> anyway, but we, we, we love laying our head down on our pillow at night, right? And being at peace. But, but And so we strive for peace, we want peace, but if you read the Bible and you truly understand the Bible, the Bible says that true peace only comes in God, and you can only have peace with God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Indescribable peace is where we'll land today, but let's build a platform to get us there today. So number one, the indescribable gift of Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew 1, 23 says it this way, the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. This indescribable gift of a God that left the palatial kingdom of heaven, that came to walk the face of this earth. God became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1, I believe it's verse 14, says it this way. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth." Why is Emmanuel God with us indescribable? Because we're talking about the God that just, that created everything that we know, the God who flung the stars into existence and calls them out by name, the one who carpeted the fields with grass. Remember, last week or the week before, we talked about the Book of Job, who stores up hell in the storehouses for times of trouble, who calls down thunder and fire from heaven. This is God. This is God who created everything we know. There is no limit to His might. There is no limit to His knowledge. There is no no limit to him. He is limitless. He was, is, and is to come. Emmanuel, God with us. So you got to get your mind around that kind of God and then realize how indescribable it is that that God decided to come and walk on this earth with us. God became flesh and dwelt among us. The teacher came down from out behind the desk and walked among the students. Emmanuel. To me, that's indescribable. To me, it's indescribable that God would leave heaven and come to this earth in the form of a child because I know me. And I'm not worth that in my own eyes. But I am worth it in God's eyes, which in turn makes me worth it. And so it's indescribable for me to think about Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. God becoming flesh, dwelling among us, making his glory known to mankind. You can put a bunch of theologians in a room and lock the door and just give them bread and water, and they can spend years and years and years trying to describe this Emmanuel, God with us. Why in the world would God ever want to do that? I got one word for you. It's love. God loves you, and it's indescribable love, indescribable Emmanuel, God with us. So we take this, we're building a platform trying to get to peace. So we put this, this This peace in place that's indescribable Emmanuel, God with us. If I'm ever truly going to have peace in my life, I have to understand that I live every day of my life in the presence of God. God is with me. It's just not him coming in the form of a child and living a sinless life. He's with me every day of my life. You're going to take one of these bags with you when when you leave today, and I'll, I'll go over what's in there. But one of the things that's in there is communion elements. And we're going to encourage you to have communion with your family in your house on Christmas morning. And so so the idea behind that, he is Emmanuel, God with us. Please take a moment, if all days of Christmas morning, recognizing God being in your presence. He's with us every day. How strange would it be to go to a birthday party and take a gift to a birthday party and walk in, and then the time comes where the cake comes out and it's time to sing happy birthday, and you start singing happy birthday, and you don't know who you're singing to because whoever you're celebrating their birthday, they're not there. That'd be awkward, wouldn't it? Like, what if, what if you crash the birthday party and you're trying to find out who was... Like, who we're singing that? Happy birthday to... Happy birthday to... Happy birthday, dear... Happy birthday to you. How, how often do we do that, though? Even on Christmas, we just forget. We're, we're, hello. Christmas is about Jesus. Yes, yes. We're celebrating the birthday of Jesus Christ. And so this idea of Emmanuel, God with us, brings peace. And so then Emmanuel, God with us, comes. He, with, uh, he b- becomes flesh and dwells among us, which leads us into the indescribable gift of a high priest. Number two, the indescribable gift of a high priest. Now, don't forget the cultural reference in which this is written. High priest there to us That doesn't really mean a lot. When this was written, the writer of Hebrews is writing it in the sense of people understanding. People understood then. Before Jesus came, religion was God. And so you had to sacrifice things and you had to go to the temple. And you had to sacrifice certain things to God for the appeasement of sin. But even still, there had to be a high priest. The high priest had to go into the Holy of Holies for you. And so there had to be a mediator between you and God for the appeasement of your sin. Jesus, God, becomes man, dwells among us, and then he walks on the face of this earth, becoming our high priest. Hebrews 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. We'll stop at verse 15. 15 says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. So don't miss the importance of this. We're, We're not placing our faith in a Messiah that's so far from understanding who we are that we think in our own mind, in our own intellect, he could never understand what I'm going through, therefore I'm not going to bother him with it. See, we have a high priest. In the old times, the priest would go into the Holy of Holies and take your sacrifice into the Holy of Holies and would sacrifice unto God. Well, now we have God becoming the high priest for us, And he lives, he's tempted in every way that we're tempted, yet he lives without sin. Think about this for a second. In every way that you and I will be tempted this coming week, Jesus was tempted that way. Like, no, Uh uh-uh, they didn't have internet then. They didn't even have laptops. Now, you're telling me, surely Jesus gossiped every once in a while. Or surely he had a bad thought. In every way was tempted, just as you and I are tempted, yet he lived without sin, becoming the greatest high priest. He did what religion couldn't do. He lived, he overcame sin. He overcame death and he overcame the grave. Jesus has overcome the world so that we can overcome the world. Not in our own right, but in what Jesus Christ has already done for us. Now, why is that important? We go from Emmanuel, God with us, and then we, 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 See that take shape in the form of a high priest. Now we have a high priest that's tempted in every way, yet without sin. So now we we have one that's gone before us. Why is that important? It's important. Read verse 16. Verse 16 says this. Then let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Emmanuel, God with us, came and wrapped himself around humanity. Engulfed himself in humanity became our high priest tempted in every way lives without sin. Why is that important? That's important because what I can't do in my own power. Jesus did for me So as I hide myself in him, I have the ability and full right to approach the throne of grace with confidence Whose throne is that that's the throne of god. That's where grace comes from The bible says all good things flow from the throne of god I don't know about you but grace is a very good thing in my life I need mercy. I need grace every day. And so this idea of having a high priest that did what religion couldn't do and and did what we are unable to do conquers the world for us. So now he has made way because he's a way maker for us to to approach the throne of grace, to approach God's throne with confidence, not to approach it as a less than, not to approach it on our good days, not to approach it, you know, like, kind of inhibitedly, but we're to approach it with confidence. One version of the Bible says boldness. In other words, because of what Jesus did for us, God's saying, Jason, come here, come on, run, run to me. Approach, approach this throne of grace. Why? So that I can receive mercy. Emmanuel, God with us, high priest, finishes the job. Why? So that I can receive mercy, mercy and find grace. I love that. It's beautiful, isn't it? Find grace. See, because we have a part to play in receiving grace. You got, sometimes you've got to look for grace, to find grace, to chase after grace. And we find it at this, the throne of God to help us in our time. Of need. Why do we celebrate Christmas? Because of the birth of Jesus. What do we get in the birth of Jesus? The indescribable gift. Emmanuel, God with us, and a high priest that goes before us so that we can approach the throne of grace with boldness and confidence in our time of need so that we can obtain this mercy and find grace. Wow. Maybe maybe, perhaps this year when you give a gift or you get a gift or you're driving down the road or you see some Christmas lights or you decorate a tree or whatever you do to celebrate, maybe perhaps you'll stop and think just for a second, God, thank you for your grace over my life. The Bible says his grace and mercies are new every day. That means today you get a fresh start in the realm of grace and mercy. Wow. Emmanuel, God with us. And then you, you look at the indescribable gift of a high priest, which then leads us into the indescribable gift of righteousness. You guys still with me? Manuel, God with us. And then you, you put into place this idea of having a high priest, the indescribable gift of a high priest, and then the indescribable gift of righteousness. Second Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. If you don't know that one, memorize it. If you don't have it marked in your Bible, mark it in your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, mark it in your phone. If you don't have your phone, get online tomorrow and download these notes because they're on there every Monday. It's a great scripture to witness with and it's a great scripture to have when the devil starts beating you up about mistakes that you've made. For God made him, who's him? Jesus. Hey, it's the front row. Anybody else? Watching you. God, God made him who is To become sin for who? Us. Wow. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's the gospel. What religion couldn't do, what religion couldn't fix, what man couldn't fix with all the fancy robes, with all the lighting of candles, with all the sacrifice of animals, with all the washing of hands, with all, all this stuff, here comes Jesus on the scene. And he totally wrecks all that. And, and he takes upon himself the sin of humanity. And God says, you know what? I'm going to make this pure, spotless lamb. I'm going to cover him in the sin of that he's going to take. He's going to become sin. He knew no sin, but he becomes sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. In other words, he switches places with us. And, and the, righteous, that, the indescribable gift of righteousness. How, how many of you ever just had a really good day where you just felt like you nailed it? Spiritually, right? It, you know, you just feel like you got up and you read your Bible and you prayed and, and you had the chance to flip somebody off in traffic and you didn't do it. And the person at Publix, the person at Publix in the 10-item checkout line has 22 items, and you didn't even say anything, although you counted. (laughs) No, you know what I'm saying? Like one of those days where you feel like you really did good, and and you lay your head on the pillow at night, and and you're actually looking forward to saying your goodnight prayers because you're kind of like, right? And don't act like you don't do that. Sometimes you're like, man, I killed it today. It's like, God, you must be so proud of me. You, you know how I know we all do that is because on the days where we really blow it, we lay in bed at night going, oh, you must be so disappointed in me. True, isn't it? Yeah. But here's the thing. Righteousness. You, on your best day, you're not righteous because of how good you were. On your worst day, you're not unrighteous because how bad you were. You're simply been made righteous in the eyes of God because he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God, Emmanuel, God with us, a high priest who overcomes sin for us, that which in return allows us to be made righteous, indescribable gift of righteousness, nothing we did what Jesus did. And then that leads us into victory, the indescribable gift of victory. And, and so we have this idea of, of Emmanuel, high priest, righteousness, which all bursts of life. It burst into a life of victory. Jesus won for us. We celebrate the birth of Christ because we know what comes with the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. I mean, we wouldn't be celebrating the birth of Christ if, you know, Christmas isn't really Christmas without Easter. And I said in the first three services, which I know... This isn't for any of you, but this is, this is more of, this is more of like a, uh, Easter passage, but I told them, not you, since I wasn't going to see some of them again until Easter, I might as well read it now. So anyway, the indescribable gift of victory. And I'm not talking about just victory for eternity. I'm talking about victory in your everyday life. This is what Jesus did for us. Luke 24, one through seven on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Verse 2, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified And on the third day, be raised again. We celebrate Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. We celebrate Christmas because of this high priest that went before us. We celebrate Christmas because that baby turned into a a God-man and set us free from the law of sin and death. We celebrate Christmas, and through all that, we celebrate in victory. Jesus Christ overcame sin, he overcame death, and then he overcomes the grave. At Coastline, we believe the Bible. We believe the entire Bible is true. In this book, bound in these pages, it says over and over and over that Jesus Christ is the true Son of God, that God loved us so much He sent His only Son to die for us, and that whoever believes in Him won't perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is not in the tomb. He's not there. That's why we celebrate Christmas, because Easter's coming. Think about it. Without the miraculous resurrection of our Lord and Savior, he's just another prophet. Yeah, he came out of that grave. He conquered the grave. He conquered death and he conquered sin. And so if you prescribe to this book, which we do, then you're forced with this idea of am I living in true victory? Can I live in true victory without putting my faith in Jesus Christ? The answer is no. If you believe this Bible. Absolutely not. Emmanuel, God with us, high priest, a life being made righteous because of what Jesus did leads into a life of victory. And remember, I told you we're going to try to build a platform to peace, right? And so this lands us, Emmanuel, God with us every day of our life, a high priest who we can approach with boldness and confidence. We're made righteous. We can live in victory. And if you did that in a mathematical equation, which I absolutely love, the answer to that is a life of peace. The, the last thing we're going to talk about today, the indescribable gift of peace. The indescribable gift of peace. Is it, what, what is peace for you? Is peace a day offshore fishing? Is peace coming home to an empty house and just having like two hours by yourself? Is peace. Think about it for a second And some of those things are good Somebody, you know, we, we can kind of describe peace But this is an indescribable peace This is a peace that we have with the maker Of everything that we see, know, and touch Now watch this, Romans 5, 1 Therefore, since we have been justified Through faith We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ Let's break this down Since we have been justified That word justified Right there means to be made right In the eyes of Justified. Well, how are we justified? Read those next two words with me. Are you ready? Through faith. Now, everybody, through faith. So therefore, since we have been justified, how are we justified through faith? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have a court system. And hopefully, none of us are in the middle of a court system right now. And hopefully, maybe you've never been inside of a courtroom. But for those of us, and I said us, who have... There's a certain system that takes place, and this system is put in place so that the law can be upheld. And let's say I've done something, and someone has accused me of something that goes against the law. Then I would go into a courtroom, and I would have an advocate called a lawyer on my side, and the people who were prosecuting me would have also a lawyer. That would be the accusing lawyer. And that lawyer would be again to make a case to accuse me, of not being justified in the eyes of the judge or the jury. Y'all still with me? You know what I'm talking about? If you don't know, watch Law and Order. So so now you, you have this whole thing played out. So then my advocate, my lawyer would step up, and when my lawyer makes his case, if his case appeases the jury and the judge, then I would be relieved of the accusations that the accusing attorney was making against me. And I would be justified in the eyes of the jury and the judge. I would be made right in their eyes. Now the Bible says the devil, one of the names that calls him is the accuser of the brethren, me and you. And he accuses. the Bible says he accuses them before the father day and night. In other words, constantly accusing you and I of our inability to be worth God's love of our inability to live up to any type of standard that would warrant God sending his only son to die for us. Day and night, day and night, accusing us. And and, and you know the voice well, because when you blow it, sometimes you hear that voice. You're worthless. You're never going to make it. You're never going to quit this. You're never going to overcome this. You'll never make a relationship work. You keep blowing it. You're never going to get your anger in control. Why do you even try? Da-da-da, 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 And it's, bro, you, you know that voice. So, so that's the, the accuser. But then, so we have, we, we have an advocate and his name is Jesus Christ. And so take this idea of this cosmic courtroom and you have you and I, I'll take myself. And here I am. And I'm being accused by sin, by the father of all lies. And I'm being accused, and I know in my own right, yeah, I need to be accused because I'm a sinner. I know that I'm not worthy of God's love. I know, I know this, I know this, I know this. And at just the moment, when I should be getting what I deserve, shows up Jesus. When judgment should be coming, the friend of sinners shows up. Dad is awesome through faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ so the question on the table is do you have peace with God how do we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ there's no way around how simple the gospel is it's amazing to me how convoluted the church has been able to confuse people on what Salvation is really about Salvation is about being at peace with God Salvation is about being at a peace with a God That's so holy he can't be around sin Sending his only son the high priest who lived without sin So that we could be restored back to a rightful relationship with God That's true peace my friend And the only way to have that peace with God The Bible's very plain Is through putting your faith in Jesus Christ as the Messiah It's your faith No pastor, nobody can do that for you. I'm telling you what, I've got friends and loved ones in my life that if I could jump inside their skin for five minutes and give their faith to God and believe on Jesus Christ as the Messiah and see their souls be saved and them at peace with God, I would do it in a heartbeat over time and time and time again. But I can't do that because it's their faith. The Bible says you've been given a measure of faith. When when you're born and you grow up, you have this gift called faith and you get to decide where you put that faith. You get to decide if you're gonna put it in money. You get to decide if you're gonna put it in relationships. You get to decide if you're gonna put it in business. You get to decide if you're gonna trust this, trust that. Faith, I'm so annoyed in the culture that we live in how we misuse the word faith. Faith is such an incredibly powerful thing. And your faith will be put somewhere. How do I have peace with God? I have peace with God through putting my faith in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Salvation is a faith issue. And your faith issue is between you and God. Nobody can do that for you. Maybe you're like so many people who have attended Coastline today who said, you know what? I'm ready to do that. I need a fresh start. I need change. Can I tell you, friend, I may not even know you. Jesus is the X factor to change. You want true change in your life? Give Jesus a shot. Many of us in this room right now would testify to that. It changes everything for the good. It's not easy. It's not always easy. Matter of fact, it's hard sometimes. Everything's hard. But it, Jesus Christ is the X factor of change. And what a, great, what a great day to say, you know what? I'm ready to do that. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus Christ as Messiah. You can walk out here a changed person, the Bible says, being made into a new creation. Wake up Friday morning, celebrate Christmas maybe for the first time as a child of God. forgiven redeemed God's love and grace and mercy taking care of business being restored back to peace with God through you putting your faith in Jesus Christ would you bow your head all over this place say Jason that's me I know that I know that I know that right now I need a change in my life I know I need something to change Jesus is that change friend if you're here today and you're ready to make that change and you're ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ, it's just a belief issue. It's you saying, I believe that Jesus Christ is Messiah. I believe he was born of a virgin. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe he took my death and sin on the cross and I believe he, rose, he, he was placed in a grave and he rose from that grave on the third day. I believe that. If that's you and you're here today and you say, Jason, that's me. I, I need Jesus in my life. I'm ready to do that. Will you slip your hand up? Nobody's looking around. Just long enough for me to see it. Put it right back down. I see your hand. Thanks. That's awesome. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank, I see your hand. Thanks for your honesty. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's awesome. Anyone else? The Bible says angels are rejoicing right now. Praise God for the one o'clock service. If you raised your hand, man, when we're done today, go out to the tent and get a Bible and a devotion. If you're a shy person you're not comfortable doing that, email the church. A pastor will call you back. We don't want to get in your business. We want to help you. But if you pray that prayer right where you're sitting, bow your head with me in your heart. and Let's pray together. Just to yourself, pray this prayer. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you that I'm in this chair right now. Thank you that I know that I know in my heart I feel your love. I feel you knocking at the door of my heart. So right now, God, right now at this very moment, I confess in my heart that I believe. And I put my faith in you, God. Through my belief that Jesus Christ is the one true Son of God. That he is the Messiah. I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe he was placed in a grave. I believe he rose from that grave on the third day, and I believe he's coming back for me one day. So God, right now, thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you I'm being made into a new creation. Thank you that your love and your grace and your mercy are flooding my soul right now. God, I know that I'm not going to be perfect, and surely I'll make mistakes because I'm human, but I'm making a commitment right now to, to start this journey and to not quit it, a new way of life following you, Lord. put people in my life that can help me in this journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you raised your hand when we're dismissed, which we, just a moment, go out to the tent, get a Bible, get a seven-day devotion, talk to somebody about your decision. Two things, real quick. When Raina and I first planted the church, it was just her and I and the two kids, and so there was no church, so we would have communion just with our family and anybody ever done that just with your family at home have communion well you're going to Christmas because we have put in here and you say well I'm not comfortable doing that well get over it Christmas story you can read the Christmas story and then directions on having communion the scriptures are in here just read those and then in, inside here are the communion elements right take some time Christmas morning celebrate birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Start the day off coming back to center What and celebrating what the day is really about. And then there's some fun stuff in there. There's a, a coastline Christmas ornament. Yeah. And it, it lights up. Somehow you'll be proud. Ooh. I promise it lights up. Ben's light one up right now. And hey, another tradition we have is we have like a, a happy birthday Jesus party. And so we make Jesus uh, a birthday. Just quit, dude. It's not working. Um, so bake a cake, sing happy birthday to Jesus. It's his birthday. And then bumper stickers and little arm things and pins. And it's just our way to say Merry Christmas. Most important things: the communion in here. Have communion with your family. Please, please, please do that. Take a bag for you and your family. If you know of a family that couldn't make it today, you can grab one. Take it to them. Don't take it unless you're going to use it. This is all that we have left. And the last thing we do every year is we sing Jesus' happy birthday. You want to? you got to stand up to sing happy birthday. That's cool. And then we're going to cut this cake outside, so stick around and have some cake. You ready? i got no voice left. Here we go. Happy birthday Dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. All right. Hey. From the family here at Coastline, we love you. Merry Christmas. Stay as long as you want. You're dismissed.